0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his
1: guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives here. Lucky for me, it's my wife, Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our home that you live in.
0: Thank you. I'm happy to be here in our home. (laughs) Welcome to you to our home that we live in.
1: I am happy to be here. It is our (laughs) weekly check-in that we're both still happy to be here in our home. It is, of course, a weird time. Uh, People in the future listening back to this stretch of podcasts will be uh, just entranced by the weird times that we're all documenting. But we are, of course, uh, happy to be uh, healthy and safe and working a lot in our homes. And I'm really excited to be able to uh, have this opportunity to do uh, all of these podcast episodes with you.
0: Yeah, it's been super fun.
1: Excellent. Well, let's see if we can derail that, if we can just ruin... (laughs) our great track record okay the, yeah okay okay i should have phrased that the other way i should have said we're not gonna derail no it's okay i'm just trying to set up the podcast with tension is this the one where everything falls apart
0: <laughs> yeah and if
1: Crush. it falls apart there'll be a cliffhanger we'll put in a <laughs> and then we'll return next week to see if we can fix the previous week's podcast oh
0: that would just be too fun for me as the guest not for you as the person having to edit them all together (laughs) oh yeah
1: yeah yeah i wonder how listeners would react if a podcast just suddenly stopped with technical difficulties in the middle and then there was like an old-timey announcer voice like will they get their shit together by next week will this conversation conclude
0: i mean it's worth trying
1: (laughs) all right well you know what let's just end the podcast there then (laughs) we're not going to do that uh, because i'm excited to talk about our topic tonight and i'm excited to Enjoy our topic right mm-hmm. here on the podcast. Yes. In these weeks where you and I have been doing uh, obsessed episodes together, we've been talking sometimes about something you're obsessed with, sometimes something I'm obsessed with, sometimes mutual. Sometimes we've been doing like reviews of pop culture things that we're obsessed with that, that do kind of end up being more reviews. This week, I think, is something that we are both obsessed with, but you are far more knowledgeable about, and that is cocktails. Cocktails.
0: I am so excited to talk about the topic today.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And we, uh, we get to have some cocktails. Uh, we do. Yeah, right here in our home uh, that we get to enjoy. Do you want to give a little bit of the backstory and then uh, I will reveal the title of the drink?
0: <laughs> I would love to. So turn your clocks back a few years. <laughs> uh, it is 2015 and you and I have journeyed to the Arclight Theater here in Hollywood to see Avengers Age of Ultron. And they had in their bar restaurant um, themed cocktails, which they often do for various movies that are coming out. And while the movie was, well, not while the movie was playing, before or after the movie, we had a Captain America Age of Ultron uh, cocktail that we both really, really enjoyed. And, um, you know, I took a picture of the cocktail, as I often do, took a picture of the menu, which I don't think I... Always did at that point, but I took a picture of you next to the menu, <laughs> and so I had, um, had saved for my future self what was in the cocktail. But of course, it doesn't say the proportions, and it's one of those that just for whatever reason we never had, you know, one of the ingredients, and maybe forgot about it for a while, and so we finally have all the ingredients, and the other day is like, wait a second, we can try to c- recreate the Arc Light. In uh, Avengers Age of Ultron Captain America cocktail. Yeah. So we did.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it is one that every once in a while you bring up because we've had a couple at Arclight that used to do more, a little bit more elaborate. They don't do as many uh, now. But you have been done such a good job of like, ooh, remember that great uh, Force Awakens Han Solo uh, <laughs> cocktail we had? Remember that great <laughs> Captain America? Uh, and yeah, it was a couple of days ago as we were recording this that it was the anniversary of the release of uh, Endgame and Infinity War uh, sort of back to back. And uh, we were like, what cocktail should we have today? And you were like, ooh, I think I have everything to make Captain America. I was like, that's great. <laughs> right. uh, and you did. And it was wonderful. And then... Uh, I wanted to have a name for it instead of just calling it the Captain America cocktail, a name that uh, you and I could use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you asked me what cocktail I wanted to have on this podcast, I was like, ooh, I want to have that. Uh, and I want to call it I Can Drink This All Day <laughs> in tribute to Captain America.
0: I approve this name.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, let's uh, let's clink our I Can Drink I This think, All Day and, and, and take a little sip right here on the podcast. Excellent. Clink. mm Mmm. It's just such an optimistic little podcast. (laughs) It's honest about the challenges of the world, but feels like it can overcome them, Mm
0: -hmm. just like
1: Captain America.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you need, it feels like it gives you some energy. So if you need to just like get back up and get back up, and keep fighting whatever. You just have a little sip of this and you're like, boing, here I go.
1: <laughs> There's a boing in this cocktail. There is. Yeah. So whenever uh, we uh, talk about cocktails uh, on, on the podcast, we can get uh, tweets of like, what is in it? Do you want to share the general ingredients?
0: Oh, of course. So uh, gin uh, yeah. is the the main thing. We're using Boodles gin today, so not too much of a floral, too much of a, um, like a juniper more in the middle. Um, orgette, which... I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing that correctly or not, but uh, (laughs) that's what we're having. That's the mystery ingredient that we didn't have for a long time, Um, and it is an almond-based liqueur thingy. Um, It also includes lemon juice. And Angostura bitters. Nice. Nice. Deceptively simple.
1: Deceptively simple, but very magical.
0: Just like Captain America.
1: <laughs> deceptively simple. <laughs> Maybe? I'm sure, I'm sure Steve Rogers would like to be uh, described that way. He's deceptively simple. There's a lot going on under that uh, <laughs> that simple face of his. <laughs> yeah.
0: You see it. It looks complicated. Yeah. And they're like, Oh. No, this makes sense.
1: Nope. He's got his morals. He's got his ingredients, and he sticks to them, and that's it. Right. Uh Well, let's dive into actually discussing cocktails. Thank you so much for making this delicious cocktail. Oftentimes on Obsessed, I go back to childhood and say, when when did you first encounter cocktails? I'm sure you did not encounter uh, cocktails as an imbiber of them as a <laughs> child. No. Uh, but were you aware of them culturally? How did they impact you?
0: Mm, um. I'm sure I was. I don't. Not that I paid a lot of attention to. Um, you know, my my parents are not big drinkers, and so it wasn't like, oh, it's cocktail hour or something in our house. Um, now that I think about it, I did have one grandmother who would sometimes have a cocktail, which was mainly exciting for me when we were visiting because it meant I got um, Dr Pepper.
1: <laughs> so, like, which, if the adults had had a cocktail, you got Dr Pepper. Yeah. Which was it was mixed like, with anything like Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pibb just to be?
0: No, but it was Dr. Pepper and okay. it was fantastic. And I was, you know, nine, which is always the age that I am on this podcast <laughs> when I was like young. Um honestly I don't remember at all. For all I know, like they were all drinking orange juice, but that was and she had kind of cool glasses that have a very like I have a very specific memory of in the early evening, you know. The adults would sit and talk.
1: Yeah, so you remember them in that specific uh, sort of uh, sociological almost uh, sort of uh, family tradition way of they are for this specific time, this specific event?
0: I think this is putting too much focus on the cocktails. I just meant the Dr. Pepper was really what I focused. (laughs) Like when I drink Dr. Pepper, it still brings me back to that time, which is really fun. Um, I honestly, I want to say that it was really – after i was an adult that i really started to understand anything about cocktails so they
1: just didn't take up any headspace for you no okay interesting no really yeah. not because i think they weren't in my life like at all uh like my dad uh drank beer you know mm-hmm. so like i i have very early memories of like uh him him allowing i was curious about what he was drinking and him allowing me to he would break the tab off a ham's beer can and allowed me to smell the tab. (laughs) So I could smell what he was drinking, but it was not a thing to, no, 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 of uh, of course. And I don't think my grandma had cocktails. I know that, I think she might have had some scotch hidden away somewhere because I remember looking at lots of glasses and only it being an adult realizing, oh, those were all lowball glasses. Mm
0: -hmm. So she
1: must have had something somewhere. But so they weren't a part of my like actual experience. So I think they lived so much. In pop culture, we did a James Bond episode and talked so much about like martinis as a symbol of bond as a symbol of sophistication as a symbol of something like unreachably adult and suave and cool. Um, And I think uh, honestly, like watching soap operas very young with my mother and on soap operas, you would you'd have uh, all of the rich characters would just have a cocktail bar and they would just (laughs) go and they, would you know, they wouldn't actually do mixology. They'd usually just pour a one shot thing. But it was Mm -hmm. that kind of adult liquor you know and then I think is I got up and started to hear more about this sort of like almost jokes mostly honestly about well that's what swinging adults do especially in the kind of before times uh mm-hmm. is they get home and they go to the cocktail hour and you know and they have a couple cocktails or you know if you want to do real business you do a three martini lunch and just I think that kind of cocktails as both a symbol of unreachable adulthood Mm -hmm. and almost just this little bit of absurdity to them always is the way they sort of seeped into my imagination. And I think explain a part of my adult relationship with them before you even get into the reality of what they are and the alcohol of it, but just Mm -hmm. how they uh, live in my imagination.
0: They're both aesthetic and absurd.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, at... Probably whatever, I mean, and I say this, it was probably like four times that I remember. So who knows if, you know, my grandma actually had cocktails more than the f- four times that I remember. They were, but they were low ball glasses. Um, I think I also like gl- glassware because I remembered those glasses. as <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> like they were kind of cool, smoky glass. But again, for all I know, it could have been like sherry or something. I don't know that it actually was certainly not martini glasses. Yeah, it was or hard like liquor, that. maybe, but maybe. not. Maybe. Maybe yeah. juice. I mean, I I seriously don't know. Um, two things that I can think of later in my life, probably in my 20s, I was at Thanksgiving uh, with my family once and my dad made my mom an old fashioned. And okay. I remember just being like, like, that's a thing that just a person can make. And, you know, like it seemed very complicated to me that you could just do that. Like, I really only drank wine and occasionally beer or scotch at that point but yeah. I was really kind of a wine drinker and so it's like hmm, how what this is how do you have the fancy skill and I never do um and also around the same time you know I was in my 20s you know but I was working for nonprofits I was um a modern dancer I was doing a lot of different things and I was kind of always looking for what's what's another um side career that I can pick up To maybe pick up the pieces in between things. And I kept thinking about going to bartending school. Oh, wow. um, Is a thing that for at least like two years, I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. Like, that seems like a job that I could just always pick up no matter where else I am in life. Yeah. And so um, I never did. Spoiler. (laughs) But I think it kind of seeped into my brain a little bit there.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You would be very, very good at it because not only are you good at making cocktails, but you're good at that kind of uh, efficiency that is needed behind a bar.
0: Oh, why of you?
1: organizing not only the drinks but the flow of who am I helping I am mixing this while I'm getting this other person's uh, ticket and you know uh, all that kind of stuff yeah I think for me uh in my adult life when I first uh encountered cocktails it was very slow because once I when I started drinking it was all uh beer and wine and there was a heavy deal of, of comedy to it of like drinking crap on purpose because it was uh affordable and funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I think that there was the still the thought that any kind of complicated cocktail is uh, sort of uh, beyond me. Uh, but also that anxiety of ordering it wrong at the bar mm. and being judged. A couple of places I, I frequented, um, uh, there were a couple of really judgy bartenders, even when I ordered my beer. And they'd be like, you want what? <laughs> And it would just be like, I want a rolling rock. And they're like, all right. And I think that that feeling like I did did the alcohol wrong. I did the adult thing wrong. Uh, So eventually, I think uh, just I would order really simple things like whiskey and Coke because other people did. Or for a long time, I was drinking screwdrivers. And I got very confident about that until uh, I visited uh, the UK. And I remember specifically... And I hadn't uh, realized or been warned that a screwdriver is not a screwdriver in the UK. <laughs> I was in a bar in Edinburgh and like, I'll have a screwdriver. <laughs> a Scottish person going, the hell are you talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, reinforced those fears of like, I must know exactly what I'm talking about in order to order a cocktail. All right. Uh, and thankfully, thankfully now I feel like I am I am confident and, and we go to a lot of great places that have, uh, you know, straightforward cocktails on the menu.
0: Yeah, yeah. I honestly still often have a little bit of that trepidation at a bar, of like, okay, what's what's like an easy thing? I think I'm also I'm probably just a little bit particular about like what's an, an easy thing to order because the bar is busy. Um, you know what's on if it's something that's on their menu, that's great. But I don't always want something as um, intense as a martini. I used to drink a lot of gin and tonics, but I don't like a lot of tonic water. And sometimes that's just not what I'm feeling like. And it's like, what's my in-between drink? That's not a gin and tonic. That's not a martini, but like another go-to in there. Um, And I often am like, "Ah!" so I still get that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that made me feel better is once I actually learned more about martinis, because you uh, started making them for us uh, and I started ordering them more often, to realize that some of the questions that bartenders would shoot back didn't make any sense. In that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that it sometimes the bartender, like that. Bartenders say you know straight or straight up and mean entirely different things, and sometimes not entirely to me accurate things. It's, yeah. Uh, so that made me feel better. Like not only can I make mistakes, bartenders can too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're or all servers
0: human. when they're bringing the message back, and they don't have to make the drink. They don't know. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I have learned in particular to taste a martini in which they didn't listen to me about the twist, and <laughs> uh, remembered and. The olive had been in there. Yep. And I can taste it <laughs> when it comes to me that there had been an olive in there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I want to talk to you uh, about big picture cocktail stuff. We talked yep. a little bit about our, our origins with them as, as children and as adults. But now that you have had more time to think about them, to make them, to order them, what is it that you actually like about them? Is it the taste? Is it the ritual? Uh, there's an element of history, certainly, to cocktails. There's an element of science with the mixology. What is it that speaks to you?
0: Mm, I have so many answers to that question. It's a, it's a little bit of a lot of different things, and I think that's they all come together in cocktails. And I also would like to just throw out right here that I also am a big fan of mocktails. Um, and I don't spend a lot of time with them, um, because I'm lazy, but, uh, in when it comes to that, but I feel like a mocktails need a better word, but B, I really wish I, I love seeing on, you know, bar and restaurant menus when they have, in addition to, um, you know, their alcoholic cocktails, their non-alcoholic cocktails, because a lot of times the average person's like, I want something fun. I don't want water. I don't usually drink a lot of soda. What would be a fun thing that I could drink that doesn't involve alcohol? Yeah. and so I really love um, seeing that, and that's a thing that I hope to see more and more of here in the 2020s. Absolutely, um, I have a,
1: a specific okay. mocktail-related uh, question for you uh, when we when we get through okay. the the my my first question. Sorry, about, I jumped oh, forward. No, <laughs> you you can jump wherever you, wherever you want. Uh, but but I'm curious. Uh, mm-hmm. with with the mocktail thought out there for you, it it, it is cocktails. Um, I think it
0: can be it absolutely can be um wait, maybe I don't understand the question wait,
1: uh what I'm saying is in our life mm-hmm. uh, mocktails is something that we could explore, yeah, but in our life, we drink cocktails mm-hmm. uh and I'm curious what it is for you in cocktails uh that that is the big pull,
0: yeah, I mean, so it's for so for cocktails, it's definitely the the combination of flavors and just how the little things go together um Certainly the history you we have bought, you've bought me a bunch of wonderful books that really dive into, um, you know, what's what are the, some of the stories behind cocktails or, you know, how were they the first time, like the Bronx cocktail, which is okay, but then you add orange juice and it becomes the income ta- tax ta- cocktail or some bitters, you add bitters and it yeah. becomes the income tax cocktail and it's amazing. Um, and like, which ones have faded over the years and which ones have come back, um, which often has a lot to do about what ingredients you can get. Um, And I also imagine which cocktails are prevalent in different areas of the country, different areas of the world. Um, So I like all of that. I also like when I'm just kind of creating things that are not a pre-existing cocktail. Um, For me, it is a way to be creative that's not It's not a big commitment. I'm not saying I'm going to write an opera. I'm going to, you know, paint a painting. (laughs) I'm not saying anything other than I'm going to experiment, put some things together. Um, I mean, it's, I I guess, a lot like cooking. It's just like, I'm going to put these things together um, and see if they work. And I really want to use this new, you know, pine liqueur that I found, or I really feel like something um, gingery today, but I We don't have any ginger beer, so what else could we do? Or you know, yeah. So I think it's just it's the ability to be creative within, and it's like the empower box. You get a very small box, yeah, and and then you get to be really creative within that. But there's still boundaries, at least for me, because I also, you know, don't want a lot of them and don't want to get sick.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So so there is an element of the history, Mm -hmm. and I know that affects me too. Like you, you, I got you one cocktail book that you flip through, and sometimes you're like uh to speak toward creativity like i think we have everything for this or i can substitute something i want to try this mm-hmm. and a lot of times uh i i will be affected just as much by the history like isn't there one that the a cocktail that was in that book that's named after a uh a french swordsman
0: a fencer a fencer? Lucien
1: <laughs> yes so yeah so i was like you read me the ingredients and i was like eh, i'm not sure like wait That one's about a fencer? No, screw the ingredients. I want the one that's about a fencer. So there's definitely like the history and the tradition of it. And, you know, in Los Angeles and many other places, uh, but I can only speak to my experience. It's been really cool to go like, I think I'll go have a Biltmore at the Biltmore where they made up the Biltmore. And it is Mm -hmm. about the drink, but it's about the tradition and the history and the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for me also, they are cocktails do feel like events. And there's mm. certainly some nights where you're just like, I want a beer or I just uh, don't want anything to drink. But many nights, it's like it's just it's kind of like a, a, a cherry uh, on top of the Sunday of a day. And it feels like you're making such a choice mm-hmm. because it isn't just like eh, you, you can buy them in a can. Uh, they're either very bad or very expensive. But you're you kindly you not me are taking the time to make them. And it's it's an event.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I feel like, you know, here at home right now, we've had, if I may share the last few days, we've made a point to, you know, go stand on our little balcony and enjoy the sun setting and have a cocktail and just kind of decompress from the day, catch up on each other's days and just kind of transition, which has been wonderful. And I feel like a lot of times if you go to, you know, a bar, maybe you're sitting, you know, with you and I are sitting together or, in the before times and sometime in the future times we'll be sitting with friends. And to me, it's about, it's about a comfortable experience. It's about you, you're sharing something with each other. So you're, you know, not the, you're sharing an experience with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, yeah. I think that's a great point about it being the event of it.
1: Yeah. And it goes, I think it goes back to whatever the tradition the reality of the tradition versus my imagination of the tradition. What you were describing with your, your, your Dr. Pib time, <laughs> or, uh, oh, Dr. Pepper, Pepper mm-hmm. and Mr. Pib. I apologize, uh, <laughs> Dr. Pepper time where the cocktails were coming out when your family was kind of getting together and sitting down to have a chat and like that That reality, however much it was reality for however many people, but also it lives large in my imagination of the cocktail hour. Mm-hmm. Like you've had a long day and now it's something unique and special. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there for me. Uh, and then, you know, various elements of comedy, uh, like I discussed. But this is where I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I think, where you were going with some of the mocktails. Yeah. Is uh, how how we both balance our love of cocktails with being uh, honest about it, that it's alcohol, that it's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of alcohol. You can only uh, drink so many without being uh, very much uh, impaired. Being aware that there are some people who choose not to engage with alcohol for many different reasons. Uh, how do you, is that why you're thinking about uh, mocktails and about, you know, a better name for them to be more respectful of people who who are, don't, who might enjoy aspects of cocktails, but just don't drink alcohol?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is one of those things that in five years will be like, well, of course we call them mocktails and now it's accepted and it's all, it's all spe- separate thing. Um, but to me right now in this moment, I, I don't like the word very much, but because I,
1: it literally has the word mock in it. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. idiot drinks. Yeah. Exactly. It's not, uh, it's not great.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, and that said, they've gone so far beyond, it's not just like the Shirley Temple or whatever, um, that it used to be. And I feel like there, like you said, there's so many reasons that a person might choose to have something that doesn't involve alcohol, whether it's. A choice for their lives, a choice for that moment in their lives, a choice for that day. Um, you know, if we're going somewhere and we're driving, and I don't want to have a drink, I doesn't mean I just want to drink water. <laughs> um, it kind of, I, to me, it implies because I think it is that event part of it. It's that, you, especially when you're going out in the world, um, you're having fun, you're doing something. Maybe with somebody else. Maybe you're just going out because you love the ambiance of a restaurant you want to sit there and write or read or think, and you want. A special drink and you don't feel like coffee you don't feel like tea um, but you can have uh, a juniper and, tonic, uh, juniper and tonic or something which instead of gin you use like a juniper syrup yeah and I feel like there's so much out there and some places are really getting into it and I feel like it is such an untapped area um, and I know it's something that I appreciate when I see it whether or not it's what I want that day and I just um, you know it's a thing that sometimes I think like oh i should do more of that here but it often involves a lot of even more ingredients and um the nice thing about alcohol is alcohol has a long shelf life uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of you know if you're using fruit juices or simple syrups or infusions or things those don't necessarily have as long of a shelf life so i understand why you can't have as wide of a menu but yeah anyway that is one of my hopes for the future
1: yeah that makes sense i will pitch calling mocktails renaming them tailtales The first tale (laughs) spelled T-A-L-E and uh, the idea being that we would come up with stories like so they wouldn't just be this like you can't have a gin and tonic so here's something kind of close but something that's like has that same spirit of like. A mixologist kind of looked through some ingredients and tried to make something. You know, like most bars have all these things. How can we make something really fun and different? And mm-hmm. you know, maybe try to connect it to you know who invented it or why or you know did did they first invent it on the Fourth of July? So that's the history. Like, yeah. and add some history and some weight to these so they don't feel like just substitutes. Yeah, because for people who don't drink alcohol, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: like I, yeah, yeah. No, I love I love that idea. I think the history and the weight to it. That's that's maybe what's needed. Yeah. Um, and a few more that are just kind of consistent.
1: Yeah. And I think for myself, I also want to be honest that I, I like alcohol. I like the taste of it. I mm-hmm. like uh, the effect of it within a responsible uh, limit. And I do I do try to really be aware. I, I think I fail often, but I try to be aware of my sense of humor because the idea of them being attached to comedy got instilled in me young. And I like having a sense of humor and a sense of play about alcohol. It's one of the reasons that I like it. I like to make jokes about it, but I'm trying to be more aware of not making as many jokes that are about, here's a picture of martini, my seventh one tonight. Like, and I used to think those kind of jokes were were great, but I realized, like, eh, maybe I can try to have that a sense of humor and a sense of fun about them that isn't uh, about. (laughs) abusing them mm-hmm. and trying to be aware of like you know we we have this we're lucky to have this great balcony uh faces the sunset and we post a lot of on Instagram in particular i post a lot of uh cocktail photos mm-hmm. and i try to have a sense of humor about them but also just try to be aware of having a sense of humor in lots of different directions that isn't just like and i i've made a lot of these jokes I, i've made a lot of like you know can only cope with alcohol. That, that's, that, I mean, that's a whole franchise of of jokes. There's a mm-hmm. million aprons and magnets that get sold on the joke of can't cope with that alcohol. And to me, there's like, that's fine because I think it, it is that kind of joke where life is very hard and, and a part of comedy is catharsis. We mm-hmm. need to let out the fact that life is difficult and here's how we cope. Uh, but I am trying for myself to uh, cope Cope joke responsibly. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's good.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I will do it. I mean, hell, even the, naming this, I can drink all day, has an element, I could drink this all day, has an element of how many of these I can drink. True. But from Steve Rogers' perspective, he can't get drunk, so uh, that's fine, canonically. Exactly. <laughs> it all works out <laughs> Steve Rogers. Um, what is your favorite cocktail right now?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good question. So, a longtime favorite of mine has been the aviation.
1: Ooh, yeah. Talk to me about that.
0: So, the aviation, I would say, is the cocktail that, as um as an adult, um as a slightly older adult, actually turned me on to cocktails. Like I was like, oh, these are interesting. This is good. Uh, we lived in Minneapolis at a time. At the time, uh, we had a good friend who was into making cocktails and would sometimes make aviations when we would go visit them. And that was my like, what? You can make this? And this like, like, blam! Mind exploded. So, um, and that was a big deal for me when we found all the ingredients and kind of, I played with a few different recipes. I have a little notebook or I have multiple notebooks where I write my, um, my cocktail variations and forget to write down some of the good ones and write down some of the bad ones. I don't mean to repeat and all that. But I have like aviation version one, aviation version two, aviation version three, like as I was playing with the different um, proportions. And so that is often, often one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that is a very, very solid one. And I was uh, always uh, very excited to have an aviation. But it was still, it's still to this day, like you perfected it. What, like two or three years ago? making them at home I
0: think two years ago is when I made them for the first time
1: yeah and now it's it, it is so one of those what that's an at-home drink how is that <laughs> possible yeah and uh yeah our friend uh Pat Harrigan that was definitely one of the things that was what really really op- I had started drinking uh martinis mm-hmm. but uh Pat's wonderful hobby <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that uh, if you have a friend whose hobby becomes mixology, you benefit if you like cocktails. And that did open my mind up more to like, ooh, this stuff is accessible in the history. And that was at the, around the same time that the uh, craft cocktail was having a boom pretty much mm-hmm. all over the the country. But it, in particular, that was a moment in Minneapolis where a couple different places opened up. So you could go and, and really be a connoisseur about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm both learned about kind of some of the classic cocktails that had disappeared for a long time, as well as some of the m- kind of modern cocktails that all these different places were coming up with, and uh, yeah, it was a was and I assume still is a great time, or will be when things are open again, <laughs> uh, a great time for cocktails.
1: Yeah, it was a nice time in me in life to segue from my youthful. Uh, relationship with alcohol where it's like oh carry a jug of carlo rossi wine <laughs> around for the weekend uh, uh, out of comedy and uh, self-loathing i guess uh it wasn't a good idea uh into ooh, here's an here's a much more mature and fun way to be like a connoisseur and go like ooh, who likes which cocktail and wine yeah trade and all that yeah 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 uh I, I think for me right now i still just also kind of can't get over the fact that I, you know, you are so good at, at making them and and uh, studying the different versions, uh, depending on the gin or the vodka or the vermouth. I still just love having martinis at home. They just feel like the classic. They feel like the, uh, you know, the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, <laughs> Hulk. Mm-hmm. They feel like the main, yeah. you know, the one, you know, uh, to me. And I, I continue to enjoy martinis. Yeah,
0: it's like when you have the person in your family who's like... They make the really good lasagna. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, you know, it's not maybe the thing that, like, you can't eat or the, you know, but it's like, oh, I can have this at home. I can have martinis at home.
1: Yes, martinis, yeah. the lasagna of cocktails.
0: <laughs> maybe not a good, I don't make lasagna, so I make martinis instead. Uh,
1: and I am just fine with that. If you could figure out a way to make a layered martini.
0: Oh, I'll work on it.
1: lasagna is layered, that would, that would be great. <laughs> Our lasagna-tini is going to rock the world. Um you considered being a mixologist going to bartending a school? How do you know uh when when we go to a restaurant, how do you know a bartender is doing a good job or you're going to get the drink that you actually ordered?
0: Oh. Um well I give people the benefit of, benefit of the doubt. So I just assume I'm going to get the drink I ordered. I also tend not to order complicated drinks unless it's something that's on the menu. Or it's a place where I know, like, oh, they can handle this. Like, I do not order aviations in public unless it is on the menu or we're at the bar. I see they have the ingredients behind the counter and it's very quiet.
1: <laughs> and then I
0: ask the bartender if they know how to make one. Yeah. And once or twice, they have been like, sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, like, I'd love to. Nobody ever asks. And other times they're like, eh, no. Yeah. We don't have this thing that isn't in it. And I'm like, okay, I don't need you to make that for me because... <laughs> You wouldn't make it right anyway, uh, which is fine. Like, there's so many drinks out there. I, it's not. It's not bartender shaming. Um, yeah, I on suppose my part. I should
1: uh, phrase that less about the bartender because it's not about look into the person's eyes and see if they have it. It's more about the establishment. How do you know an establishment is going to? And you answer that question very well of scanning the actual ingredients or mm. how busy the bar is or do they have it on the menu. Um, I think the reason that question came to mind is because I really like having a martini as a a an accomplishment drink a achievement unlocked drink after shows. Yeah. And depending on where I'm doing shows, uh, who I'm hanging out with, sometimes you'll go to a bar and you I'll walk in and I'm like is it a beer and wine bar and you have to scan. Mm-hmm. Um and then is it a yeah, we have liquor, but we have like one vodka, <laughs> one whiskey because yeah. we don't differentiate, it's a whiskey. Yeah. Um and and it's always fun for me there. To tell by try to guess by how the uh, server or bartender reacts to ordering a martini, if the <laughs> martini is going to turn out, if it's a thing that like yes we can make one of those, but you are the first person in seven years. Like if if the uh, server is like a martini, do you uh, uh do you want that uh, square? No, uh is it uh, three olives? And like <laughs> and you're like twist and like uh right right so uh olives and like no. Uh, so that's always interesting. And every once in a while I feel so bad when I do this cause I try to be aware of how busy too. but I have definitely, uh, ordered martinis where like everybody else is like, I'll have a beer, I'll have a beer, I'll have a whiskey and Coke, I'll have a martini. And you just see the person sigh with their eyes of like, that's going to slow me down. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but, but yeah. They yeah. they turn out differently. They do,
0: they do, and it depends on if you make them or not. I mean, everything depends on whether or not you make them, and I feel like I feel like that is um, a a skill is to know like okay, what are what are my list of ten drinks that I'm happy to order at a bar, and depending on what, how busy the bar is, what kind of bar it is, how haggard the bartender seems right now, like <laughs> just like are they having a good day? Are they not having a good day? Is the person down the bar just won't stop talking to them? Or do they need to keep talking to them and like do they want an excuse to leave or do they yeah. need to stay there? Like I feel like that's a good reason to always have like you're like what are my like ten go to drinks? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I hear you. My my personal favorite for martinis is when people ask if you want it on the rocks.
1: Right, which is yeah. just not in general a thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And I think there's also I've encountered. Uh. I'm thinking of a specific place, but I'm not going to name it. That they have an elaborate menu of cocktails but Mm -hmm. it's their cocktails with their fun names that only have so much of a relationship to any other cocktail and i think they must have them like pre-mixed and i went off menu and i ordered a martini and one of the signs for me is that a martini has been prepared in a rush is that that there's a ton of ice still floating in it Mm -hmm. you know if they didn't you know drain the the shaker well right
0: uh, different places make it differently If they didn't j- drain the shaker well Some places um, will put a little bit of ice on top to cool it mm-hmm. And if they don't skim that off
1: Yeah, okay, so there's there's a lack there's, of skimming
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or a lack of knowledge that it shouldn't have ice in it
1: Yeah, but when I can visibly see little tiny shards of uh, ice floating on the top I'm like, I'm in for an adventure And it's one <laughs> time, uh, that it sticks in my head Because it's a place that had a bunch of like You could order a super exotic thing on their menu And you'd be fine, but I ordered a martini the lasagna of cocktails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need a better name for it than that.
1: Oh my gosh! And I remember it because I know there was something wrong with it, deeply, deeply wrong. But I could not pinpoint what. Uh huh. Like, cause, like I was saying, sometimes I can tell, like, oh, there was an olive in this, or oh, they used uh, sweet vermouth, yeah. you know, or or this is vodka, not gin, or something. But there was just something. Just like, you know, that feeling before a storm comes and the air is just a little electric and Mm -hmm. you're a little frightened and like dogs are barking. That's what this martini tasted like. (laughs) Something is not right. Mm -hmm. A storm is coming. It is. It is. Um, Do you think cocktails objectively taste better if you take a picture of them first?
0: (laughs) Yes, because then they're smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I take that answer back instantly. Um, No, because actually I've had some fantastic cocktails that I wish I had taken a picture of and I have not.
1: And they're still great.
0: I will say from my own memory, they were amazing. And I didn't take a picture of them.
1: Yeah. You and I take a ton of picture of of cocktails. We do. Um, Perhaps I'll say for myself, not you, perhaps for myself, maybe a few too many. But uh, for me, I think it is a part of making it A ritual, making an event, particularly if it's like a colorful one or an interesting one or it's a, you know, I want to mark the occasion. Because honestly, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of it. If like I just saw a movie or I just did a show or I'm celebrating somebody's birthday and it's this really weird cocktail or a cocktail that has some irony for something that's going on that day. It's like it's almost always related to something more than just a cocktail. Mm -hmm. But I feel like maybe taking a picture of it is one of the things that also makes it an event. How do Mm -hmm. you feel about taking pictures of cocktails? Why do you do it?
0: I, I agree. It's the event. It's also the aesthetic of it. I feel like a lot of cocktails are, you know, like I am, I am, have been and still am a wine drinker, but I do not take a glass, a picture of every glass of wine that I drink because <laughs> <laughs> honestly they look pretty much the same, especially right now when I'm always at home. Like yeah. if I'm interested in location and they've got a cool fireplace, maybe then I will. But with cocktails, I do often try to because um, I do really appreciate that aesthetic
1: you're right that's aspect a huge of it. thing. It's a
0: huge part of it. And I will say like I love cocktail Instagram. It, yeah. There's a huge community and I don't even I know I've only scratched the surface of it. But I've learned so much from cocktail Instagram and people post the most amazing, beautiful photos often with like the details of what's in it and who have a, you know, burned this orange with this thing. And that's why it has a special smoky flavor and, you know, or they are at this bar and they love sitting here because this is, you know, where you get this glare right on the bar polished wood. I don't know. Um, so I used to take a lot of photos of cocktails and for a long time that was all my Instagram feed was. Um, I've tried to now it's like <laughs> half gardens and sky and flowers and half cocktails <laughs> and that's what it is nice. um yeah no i i mean i don't take as many photos cuz i think i was being overly conscious about um so overly self-conscious about it but i still take them for myself i just forget to post them
1: yeah when when i post four cocktail pictures a week on instagram i think i do i am aware that in people's minds that blurs into not out of seven days, four nights, he had one cocktail It blurs into he has an IV drip. And mm-hmm. he is just like, I think being aware of that is is probably okay. Yep. Um, So glad you brought this up because it is an element that I hadn't been uh, thinking about as much in our conversation that another part of it is the aesthetic that so many have cool presentations. And like uh, we went to like a Twin Peaks pop-up that had, mm, it was yeah. a restaurant and had a great cocktail list and uh, there was a presentation not only of the actual fluids but which glass and like had different little like, you know, umbrellas and coasters that accentuated the various ideas from Twin Peaks. So that's like a part of the creativity in the artistry. And um, my mind goes to the aviations in particular mm-hmm. because in, in a kind of classic cocktail, or classic martini glass, mm-hmm. it's got the dark cherry sitting perfectly in the bottom. It's a little bit more of a cloudy... uh fluid by the mm-hmm. time it's all done and mixed but it's got this dark thing in the bottom and it looks like to me when i look at it especially like from the side and take the time to appreciate the aesthetic of the aviation it feels like that little cherry is getting ready to fly through the clouds of the drink
0: Hmm. oh that's interesting that's so interesting because i think for me i always focus on the slightly purplish tinge of the aviation and if i get one that's not the color that i want i'm always a little bit like mm. <laughs> including for myself like when enough. i when i because i've made them myself when they're not the color i want and i'm like oh what did i do was my lemon too lemony
1: <laughs> yeah no i understand and i i'm not even saying like that's that's how you should read them i'm just saying they're have such an interesting unique aesthetic you can look at them mm-hmm. almost like looking at clouds yeah like, well, what do you if you combine this name this history this presentation you know what mm-hmm. do you
0: see yeah and i think um just to hammer back for one moment on the please hammer back the (laughs) telltales that's why i like them also when they're really getting when people are really getting into it because i feel like it's the same thing you can take in fact i have taken beautiful pictures of um mocktails telltales uh that if you just look at it everybody assumes well that's a cocktail you know and then when i posted at 10 a.m it's like, just pointing out no alcohol on this. Um, just gardening on the balcony today with my little telltale. Uh But I feel like they can they can also be beautiful. You can have that aesthetic experience. You can have that event experience. And I think that is why I feel like that's a great um, great point that you made about the the event. And I think that is a really big part for me about the aesthetic and the creativity of it, of the kind of bringing it all together that i really like about both
1: yeah and in terms of the creativity in in making an event i think one of the other ways that you and i enjoy cocktails is Mm -hmm. you will make them for specific things like uh, we we got our recipe up for the i can drink this all day from uh copying it from arclight so whoever made that good job but you have made up a bunch of cocktails for pop culture things that we enjoy yep and you can find them online but a lot of times they're just color-based right like you can just look up a Hey, we want a Doctor Who cocktail. So it's been made blue, you know, yeah. it's, it, but because it's the way I like to think and talk about pop culture of like, what is the idea of it? What does it make you feel? How can we reflect that? You've been so great um, at discussing it with me and then having much more of your knowledge of all of the different liqueurs and bitters, uh, how to achieve that. And I think your crowning achievement is when we did our rewatch For MCU. We do Mm -hmm. make other cocktails, but uh, MCU keeps (laughs) popping up. We were doing our rewatch before Infinity War Mm -hmm. was going to come out. And we started with Iron Man in the morning because we're going to do a a big rewatch all weekend. And you made a cocktail called Iron Man in the morning that has, when we have described it previously, other friends who like cocktails have said, there's no way that's going to be good. Right. Uh, But you made something that really captured uh the sort of aesthetic of iron man well
0: because we watched the film and then i was inspired from the film it's like okay i've got this this is crazy let me make this and and i will say that at least two of our friends who have been like yeah no that's not gonna work have then made it and been like it works (laughs)
1: this (laughs) is really good it shouldn't right
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it does. And I, I admit right now, I don't remember what all the ingredients are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, and
1: yeah, we can yeah. repost it later if need be. But the I mean, I think the thing is, is there's coffee in it.
0: There's coffee and there's champagne and there's a cherry. <laughs> and see, like, and then there's something else.
1: Just like color and mood wise, like that is Iron Man. A little bit of that, like that energy of like, go, 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 go. A little bit of that, uh, the just like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of grounded, but I'm also flighty, and also just that that spirit of experimentation of screw it, uh, I'm gonna go down to my lab and I'm gonna make something. Nobody's gonna believe that it works, but I'm gonna try this uh, crazy crap. And what do you know? Yeah. Suddenly, I am Iron Man.
0: Yeah, and that was <laughs> very much like my my vision, if I may. Was that it was Iron Man down in his lab. Like, this was one that I believe, and I might be wrong, that I brought to you and was like, okay, I've named it. This is our Iron Man-inspired cocktail. It's called Iron Man in the Morning. (laughs) Because it's just like, it's a little bit grizzled. Yeah. It's a little bit, you know, maybe still a little rough around the edges, but it's so, it is one of my favorite cocktails I've made.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be good, uh, but it is amazingly good. Mm-hmm. And it launched the entire MCU. Not, <laughs> not your you cocktail. You, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So in that spirit, if there was a cocktail named after you, what might it be and why? What, what would it be like?
0: Wow. Um, see, here's, this is, this is why making cocktails is good for me. Because instantly I'm like, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. And you can't put all of those things together because then it tastes bad. Like, you need to give yourself (laughs) limits. Because instantly I'm like, well, I want gin, but do I want champagne? But do I want maraschino liqueur? But do I, like, what are all the things that I want? Um, So I will calm down, bring it back down
1: to the land of cocktails. You don't have to invent the entire cocktail. It can be the spirit of it.
0: The spirit of the cocktail is going to be... Honestly, it's going to be a little bit grounded and a little bit like bubbling in the air cuz I feel like you know me is yeah. it, it does that feel accurate for the spirit like it's got two feet on the ground but the arms might be waving in the air.
1: <laughs> How would you accomplish the arms part? The arms waving in the air.
0: Probably champagne.
1: Champagne. Okay. So you would you would get some nice base mm-hmm. and then you would have some champagne to bubble. Mm-hmm. And if it was named after you, mm-hmm. what would you call it?
0: Mm. Ooh. <laughs> Sarah goes for a walk
1: <laughs> well if you want two feet on the ground that is necessary for walking alternating feet on the ground uh, and that it does have a sort of bouncy energy to it I like that very very much so uh, we'll work on having you invent Sarah goes for a walk excellent We're going to move on to our "How obsessed are you?" questions. So, do you think about cocktails every day?
0: Um, so if I may, not quite answer the question directly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can stop you.
0: Um, the answer is yes and no. That I go cocktails are one of those things where I go in phases, and when I'm in a cocktail phase, yeah, I probably do think about them. If not every every day, most days. But then I'll go for months um, without really thinking about them not really making that many that aren't kind of on the standard rotation or, you know, just drinking wine. So I feel like it's one of those like when I'm in that headspace, yes. Yeah. But I also go out of that headspace for long periods of time.
1: Okay. Interesting. I would say that I do think about cocktails every day, even if I don't drink cocktails every day. Mm -hmm. I think because it is an aesthetic that i like and you know we have some imagery around the house that has cocktails you very nicely um got me some uh, martini socks <laughs> mm-hmm. so i have uh, lots of little fun things like that so i think even on days where i don't drink cocktails or pine <laughs> for a cocktail uh i think just the aesthetic idea of them is always uh, floating around in, in my brain mm-hmm. um have you ever had a dream about cocktails
0: oh i'm sure i have I hope I have. I hope I do tonight.
1: <laughs> what w- how would you want cocktails to visit your dreams?
0: I would want to be sitting in a bar and enjoying a cocktail. Maybe come up with a fun new recipe.
1: <laughs> you would like to have a very uh, realistic.
0: Or maybe have floating cocktails in the instead of clouds. are all like, shaped like cocktails. Yeah. I mean, like, let's go weird here.
1: Yeah, right yeah. now. Dream imagery. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Yeah. You know what I would like to do? Because I think I could only truly do it in a dream. Mm. There's lots of like imagery uh from from many things uh mostly older of the giant cocktail that you can swim in (laughs) i would love to have a dream where i was actually swimming in a giant gin martini with a twist (laughs) because i think in real life it would burn
0: i think it would burn yeah
1: (laughs) so best for dreams
0: do i want to drink it or do i want to swim in it i don't know that i want to do
1: both Ooh, yeah yeah yeah, that would be weird to be like, a, a, you know, like a superhero who can make things grow and shrink, and you yeah. grow your martini and you swim in it a little bit, and then you shrink it back down to drinking size. Yeah. Oh, the face you're making. No, no that's no. even worse than the lasagna of cocktails. <laughs> Gotten many things revised here. Uh, how would you feel about it if I got a cocktail tattoo?
0: I mean, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what and where?
1: Yeah. So you you're fine with that? Yeah. See that that's interesting to me because. Uh, it makes me feel like a reality check that you feel like I do not have a cocktail issue in my life.
0: I think that I, I don't, I do not think that you have a (laughs) cocktail issue to be clear. Um, I, I know you and I, I know that for you it is as as much, if not more about the aesthetic. Yeah. Um, It is. This is a new thing I've learned that it's also about the absurd aspect of the cocktail. Yeah. Um, But I think absolutely. And you know, if it's a nice, pretty like cocktail glass, I am um, also like clearly, since the things I remember from, you know, about cocktails from my childhood are what glasses things appeared in. Yeah. Like the glassware of cocktails is very, it's very, they're very strong images. Like they, not all of them, but they can be very strong. So I feel like it could be a beautiful, we're talking so much about aesthetics. Yeah. There's yeah, a reason that a, mar,
1: a, a traditional martini, you know, cocktail type glass is an image it's not just the symbol of the alcohol it is mm-hmm. that's a striking image mm-hmm. you know uh, it, when i was picturing the tattoo because i at first i was picturing uh just the one right but then i pictured two cocktail glasses tinking Ooh. <laughs> clinking or tinking yeah uh in i and that made me think i think that we touched on this a little bit but i think that's another part of this is they are uh kind of a celebration yeah. Right. They can be a very much about people being together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I certainly have had martinis alone. <laughs> uh, but that's even that's honestly when I'm alone, as Finn said in Rise of Skywalker, alone with friends. Because I've had some great times uh, in the in the recent before times of just making a choice to go to uh, Musso and Frank in in particular. Mm-hmm. Got a you know great old you know Hollywood cocktail bar and order. a a, one martini and then write notes for scripts and stuff and it's got all of the romance of old Hollywood because you know Raymond Chandler did that so there's like that romance to it but then there's also just the community of it of other people sit at the bar and every once while they chat with you or every once while they're just sitting there and they're drinking alone so even when it's alone Mm -hmm. there's still an element of uh community to it
0: yeah Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I would like to celebrate that with a tattoo that I'm not going to (laughs) get.
0: Yeah, a place where everybody knows your name.
1: That's right, a place where everyone knows your drink, at least. Uh, Would you stop being friends with someone who constantly corrected other people about cocktails?
0: No, but I would need to find a way to have them um, not do that.
1: Okay, because that that would get on your nerves, right?
0: It would, but I think it's it's less about the cocktails and more about the constantly correcting.
1: Yeah. For me, but... but well, let let me phrase it this way. That makes that makes perfect sense. I'm just asking an additional question. Yeah, I feel like cocktails, anything that can be refined, is mm-hmm. will, will attract people who want to tell you the right way to do it and the right term um, mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, do you ever get gun shy about talking about cocktails because you feel like somebody is going to try to prove something by correcting you?
0: Mm. Um. No, not really. I mean, I think at this point, probably earlier, I did, but I feel confident in what I know, and also confident that like there is so much out there. I do not claim to be a cocktail expert. Like I don't, I don't like bourbon, so I know nothing about bourbon cocktails. Like I yeah. just stay away from that aisle. So I mean, I feel like if somebody's gonna try to cocktail correct me, I would try to find a nice way to poke gentle fun. Okay. <laughs> would be my like okay mr shaker ms shaker person shaker like i don't know i, I would have to I, i'll work on my retort
1: excellent uh, excellent uh to, to, to work on the retort but i totally understand the spirit of what you're saying that and that makes me really happy to hear because i think like like i was telling you my early stories of being sort of even beer shamed by random bartenders i think it has made me very conscious of it is there's many topics i say refined but like you know Anything from freaking do you know the title of all of the season three episodes of the original Star Trek to do you know this super obscure liqueur that is, you know, that used to be in the Vesper, but has now been blah, blah, like uh, anything that people can correct people on they gravitate towards. But cocktails, I think there's something about them to me that makes me like I want to be very careful about how I talk to people about them because I don't want to be in that place where I have to push back and go. You're being a dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that would be like, I certainly would never want to be that way to somebody else. I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, like, oh, you said you couldn't make me an aviation because you didn't have this, but that doesn't it? Like, I would never say that to a person, right. I hope. But, um, but honestly, if somebody was being kind of a cocktail spleener to me, I probably would.
1: <laughs> good, good. Well, I am so lucky. To, that you make them, I am learning a little bit more. I am trying to memorize a little bit better of uh, you know which which uh, you know mixer and which uh, liqueur and which bitters is which, uh, so I can be a little bit more knowledgeable. But it is really nice for me when I'm people like, so what's your cocktail plan about this? And I'm like I don't know. My wife makes them. <laughs> I know I like this, <laughs> and it's it's nice for me to be able to sidestep that. So thank you for that. Uh, would you ever dress up and walk around in public is a giant cocktail?
0: Um. Like a giant martini glass or a giant cocktail shaker? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. not?
1: Sure. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I fun. That would be fun. I would love to uh, do a show as a giant cocktail. That, that's what occurred to me when I was thinking about this, of like, to dress up, to have a great uh, costume designer, make me a functional, in some way, giant martini costume that I felt comfortable in, mm-hmm. and then do like a dramatic monologue as a martini <laughs> not as a person dresses a martini yeah as the martini yeah how the martini feels about their place in society history the lies about them the opinions about them
0: i like it i like it here's where i instantly went is if i had a lovely costume as a cocktail shaker um perhaps with like the removable top, so in case you have a cock- cocktail you need to stir instead of <laughs> shake. But the feet come out and then do a tap dance as a cocktail shaker.
1: Oh yeah, it would be
0: like so fun.
1: A tap dance, and you can make it yeah. be like
0: actually like trying to tapity tapity tap, and you'd like shake and you shake and you shake. But then you sometimes you stir and you
1: stir. Okay, well now I want to do a show called the Martini Monologues, and that can be <laughs> that can be one of them. Uh, if we were at a bar mm-hmm. and a bear was there, what cocktail would you make for the bear?
0: Hmm, such a great question. Okay, so I would use some whatever sort of like pine or nut liqueur they had to kind of give it some base, maybe like a whiskey base. Um Honestly, I think I'd probably go for I'm gonna just go for something classic. I'm gonna go for like an old fashioned or something.
1: Okay, but you would add some some bare details.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some
1: pine, any honey? Any so honey I guess liqueur?
0: um there well, ooh, oh, good point. Maybe you'd make a bee's knees.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, what, what's, it, what all, what, are, what are the, some of the things? I know you don't have. I don't the, remember uh, all of them. I'll but, all memorize um, up the top. But there's a Gin, a strong, Honey and lemon juice. Yeah. Oh, other stuff. Yeah, and then some other. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. All right. Now yeah. I want to dress up in a bear costume, <laughs> go to a bar and say all oh, the bees knees. Put my little <laughs> put my little bear money on the on the bar. And it'll knock <laughs> knock. Give me my bees knees. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is a, a fun feature here on Obsessed, where I have long been asking, you know, would you go after it? This question was going to be, would if a bear stole your cocktail, would you go after it? And I thought, in the spirit of uh, celebration and inclusion, instead we'd talk about what uh, what cocktail the bear might enjoy. Yeah,
0: I like yeah. this, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, we'll get back to the bear stealing things. Don't worry, uh, listeners, we will get back to bear stealing. But for now, that bear's going to enjoy a bee's knees. I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise uh, do you have?
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna second guess that one if I may, and I'm gonna say Which and is it, me stirring the stirring.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's really it's the making it as well as the drinking it that I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think that is my cocktail noise as well is some sort of if it's stirring, if it's shaking. Mm-hmm. The, that's a terrible noise, but then followed by the silence, because that's like the weird sensation. Like particularly if you go to like a bar that isn't busy, and you say, "Hey, I'll have a martini." Cool, cool, cool. There's all the noises, all the the you know bottles and the pouring, the shaking, and the stirring, and the draining, and the clicking and the clacking, and then it's, there's the silence of this thing suddenly out of all of that action being this, you know, cool still thing in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my noise. Like the that. silence, <laughs> the silence of a well-made martini. Uh, let's rate our obsession. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest, where would put, you put your cocktail obsession?
0: Mm, I would say, I would say that it's probably a seven, mm-hmm. Um, which is with the caveat that sometimes it drops down to like a three. Yeah. Like I, I just, it's one of those that comes and goes for me.
1: Yeah, I would put myself at a seven as well, uh, because yeah, clink. I am not, you know, I'm not a super expert. I have opinions, but I have much more have opinions about the stuff I like to order. I'm not a mixologist, uh, and it is something that I uh, try to enjoy uh, appropriately. But I realize I project out into the world the the martini time a lot, and I I do enjoy doing that. So Mm -hmm. I enjoy it being sort of a, a part of. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say brand. I I want to say part of what i a part of the interest that I choose to share mm-hmm. and broadcast about myself. Uh, so I think that uh elevates it to a seven. So we are gonna do some plugging, and then we'll have our final question. So why don't you tell people where they can find you in any of your cocktail and or garden pictures?
0: Yeah. So cocktail and garden pictures go to at Scrim Street on Instagram, uh, Twitter. I'm at Sarah underscore Scrimshaw fewer cocktail pictures there guess that's something i need to work on
1: absolutely absolutely uh here are quick plugs for this show before our final questions you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook is at obsessed podcast you can also check out the star wars podcast i co-host that is called force center for info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. you can also support obsessed by backing us on patreon full info on that Go to patreon.com slash Joseph Scrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. If you could travel back in time and tell your young self one truth about your life, what might it be?
0: <laughs> um, can, I go, can I go serious for a moment here? Sure. I, I would tell my young self to um, believe in myself and not question myself. Oh, that's really great.
1: Uh, would you give any more specific direction in that? No. So like if your young self was like, could you clarify? You'd be like,
0: bye. Bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Figure it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's a really, really, uh, I I poke fun, but I think that is a really solid thing uh, for many of us that we often don't appreciate when we are young, the level of uh, ability that we have and can uh, undermine ourselves by questioning it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I was looking for other people.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would pop back to myself and say, don't listen to people. No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, encourage myself to believe in myself as well. And also I would uh, maybe uh, tell myself a couple of investment tips. Why not? Why not? Yeah, come on. yeah, right. Uh, if you could do a dance with any cartoon animal, what cartoon animal would it be?
0: <gasps> oh, my. Um, oof, this, I feel like this is kind of a... a um, An uninspired dance answer.
1: A dancer. (laughs) Dancer. (laughs) Uh,
0: But I the cartoon like you mean like specific cartoon character or just like
1: a general cartoon animal or if it's a however you want however you interpret the question.
0: Well, I took it. I was gonna say um, Jerry, right? Jerry's mouse. Yeah. And Tom, I was gonna say Jerry, which I say is an uninspired question or answer because Gene Kelly already danced with Jerry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, was that... that was my
0: instant. Is that because
1: you want to, uh, that you think Jerry is now, uh, Jerry the mouse is now an experienced (laughs) dance partner?
0: I I always liked Jerry, like Tom and Jerry (laughs) comics. And so I just, that was my, yeah.
1: Okay. I'll stick with it. I think Jerry's a solid answer. So that's a specific Mm -hmm. uh, cartoon animal. But if I hadn't you go more broad of just a, any kind of animal in Mm. in cartoon form.
0: Yeah. A starfish.
1: (laughs) As uh, just a treat. I'm not going to ask any follow-up questions. (laughs) I'm going to let myself ponder why. What does that mean? Because I was not expecting that answer. Uh, The final question uh, for everyone on the podcast is always, what is happiness? But since we're doing the podcast together a lot, let's give it a little bit of spin. Mm -hmm. What is the happiest cocktail?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. um, Wow. Wow. Um, Goodness, goodness, goodness gracious me. Um. Wow. This is. Do you have one? Uh, I'm thinking. I'm. I well. I would think it would be something me.
1: champagne based. Oh, What's something that that, yeah. that that what what is a good just straightforward? Uh, you know what? I'll say a, a mimosa.
0: Oh. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: For me, because it's it's bright, it's bubbly, it's it is definitely some cocktails are. It's late. Let's wind down. Mimosa the cocktail's Like we got places to be.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go weird here. Oh, this isn't a cocktail, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A starfish is the happiest cocktail. I was
0: going to say scotch. (laughs) Not a cocktail. Okay.
1: Well, if you mix two scotches together, is that technically (laughs) a cocktail or a blended?
0: Okay, we'll go for a rusty nail.
1: Ooh, remind me about the basics of a rusty nail.
0: It's scotch and drambuie. Drambuie, excuse me. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, we've been having some rusty nails and they're great. Yep. They're great.
0: Little bit of sweet, little bit of... Here's why, if I may. Yeah. So I feel like um, you get like that groundedness of a scotch, but then you get the upliftingness of of the Drambuie. Yeah. And so it like lets you thoroughly enjoy the celebration. You're not just flying in the air like a helium balloon that's lost its grounding. Yeah. You're like... You're celebrating with people.
1: It's got a bounce to it.
0: Yeah. I want something where you're celebrating with people.
1: Yeah. And it's got such a celebratory name, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Rusty Nail. Get your shots. (laughs) The happiest cocktail, kids, is the Rusty Nail. And that is happiness (laughs) on this episode of Obsessed. Thank you uh, very much uh, for joining (laughs) me on the podcast. As always, that is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Last week on Obsessed, we talked about nature documentaries. What do you think is a good cocktail to drink while watching a nature documentary?
0: (laughs) All of them.